0: Welcome back to Real Estate Happenings, your go-to podcast for all things real estate. This week, we are discussing the lending process, whether you are flipping homes or buying your first home. Are you ready? Tell me about yourself. How did you get into the mortgage industry?
1: So it was a little bit by accident. I don't know. Ryan Serhant talks about this. Like, real estate isn't usually people's plan a it's usually like their plan b c yeah it was
0: definitely not my plan a
1: like i was living in austin and i was teaching dance i was classically trained dance instructor over in austin texas and i loved it like i loved it but i was also like an injury away from being unemployed (laughs) and i was a single mom at the time so like how unsustainable is that um And my parents are like, hey, the starving artist thing is cool, but like, do you want to grow up? (laughs) like, probably a good idea. So I joined the mortgage business. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a high school dropout because I had my son when I was 16. And I started from the ground up. I was just the office gopher. And I was like, I think just about to turn 21. And then just cross-trained in a bunch of areas and eventually ended up in uh, business development and marketing, which is where I spent most of my time in the mortgage space, mm-hmm. about nine years. And then three years ago is when I finally decided to utilize my my license to my benefit and start originating.
0: Wow. Did you just wake up one day and say, okay, that's it. I'm going to be an
1: originator today, or how did that happen? I think I just watched other people be successful because of the efforts that I had put out for them, and that's a big part of my heart, and I love helping other people succeed then there comes a point where you're like, but when is it my turn? And do I ever, do I even have what it takes? Right. Like in that questioning of, I feel like I'm built for a bigger purpose, but I don't really know what that is and mm-hmm. what would it look like for me to just try. And then I joined Origination. And I think my first year I closed 116 families. So it was a really wow successful <laughs> entry into the mortgage business. And mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for my... What year was that again? So that was 20, uh, my first... Full year was 2020. Okay. My first, uh, I was in it for two months, end of um, 2019. That was my first jumping into the origination side of things. And how was that? It was amazing. It was also pretty eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Like when you're finally in the trenches um, mm-hmm. directly and talking with clients and doing all the things that you're speaking about, working nonstop. And there, what are working hours? Like we don't know those. We work... No. 24-9 like it's all the time and we're always on call and so I love it though like the you have to love the real estate industry in order to be in it yes we're almost gluttons for punishment because it's like <laughs> you know it's you have not to easy. be obsessed yes and it's like it's also something that there's so much opportunity there is and so much room for growth and so much um ability to impact people and so it's mm-hmm. like why are we not playing at a really high level in this space. So that's what I want to do and continue to do. Wow. That is
0: amazing. I love that story. I had no idea about your dance background. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Do you feel like that has helped your career today?
1: Yes. How for is sure. that? Um, the ability to meet people where they're at, because not everybody gets into the dance like <laughs> game. Mm-hmm. And Nobody signs up for classes and, and is automatically a good dancer. So I think you – being part of that instructive aspect of mm-hmm. helping teach people from the ground up especially when you are looking at people who don't have rhythm and you're mm-hmm. like how do you teach somebody rhythm you wow. know so that still plays a role today in just really finding ways to meet people where they're at and making sure that they feel comfortable and confident and and supported should we
0: make our dance guys should we have her teach us Let's a few say. steps yes.
1: I tap dance what do you want
0: so what's your specialty <laughs> what is Is it like hip-hop da- tap dance
1: <laughs> classical so um I can probably say that tap was one of my favorite genres really yeah I love I loved it because there's so many different types of tap that not a lot of people realize okay so there's like classic tap, but then there's also like kind of street tap and it's a little bit more funky and I'm
0: loving that look at the movement I'm already giving you a little sample
1: (laughs) which y'all want baby I got it
0: oh my god we're definitely gonna have to learn how to tap dance yeah
1: listen we'll have a class here for agent you know improvement yes
0: (laughs) if you listen if as a realtor you can tap dance then you can do anything honestly
1: yes and that again going back to like how does it play a role in things now like that's that's it
0: Oh my goodness. Well, I have so many questions for you today that I'm just kind of going through them. But a few of the ones that I wanted to talk to you about are, you know, I asked you about how you got started and what that looked like for you. But what are some common mistakes that you see? Because you told me about the mortgage business, but who are your clients? Who do you work with? Is it mostly first-time home buyers, investors, or do you kind of work with a little bit of everything? I think a
1: little bit of everything. Okay. Because again, meeting people where they're at, just being really good about being intuitive towards what people's needs are. And it helps me in helping that first time homebuyer that's nervous, mm-hmm. a little scared about what to do, or that investor that's done it, and me being able to talk through numbers and really get logistical with them. Mm-hmm. And so it is a broad mix of clients that I service. And I know investors are a big part of that mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and just helping them, guide them through that process because it's just a little bit different. The investor piece of things in regards to mortgage financing and the things that they need to take into consideration when they are purchasing investment properties looks different than what we would typically view for so thing.
0: let's talk about your young investors. And when I say young, I don't mean an age. I'm talking about they're just jumping into investment. Hey, I want to be an investor, Allison. Help me. What do I do? What right. are, What do you see with those individuals? Like if you could pull them to, and maybe you already do this. Like, hey, listen, step number one is,
1: what is that? Step number one is clarity and vision. You need to know what type of investment that you're looking to do depending on the goals of investing that you have. Do you want to build income? Do you want to build more income, cash flow? Do you want to build wealth and long-term investments? Do you want to fix and flip? Do you want, there's, do you want multifamily? Do you want to do more, uh, multifamily, but also owner-occupy a unit? So really bringing forth clarity and vision, and ultimately making sure that on the lending side, obviously they feel supported and understand what those options look like, but then on the real estate side of things, making sure that they're working with somebody who is proficient on guiding them who through. Who knows what they're doing. Yes, because the, I see that so much where they're like, I want to get into investing. And I'm like, okay, cool. So your realtor is going to help you with this piece of thing, like cash flow analysis and all those things. And they're like, oh, they what? are? <laughs> <laughs> what? Can you spell that, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your agent is going to help you with that piece of things. And so making sure that they are aligned with people that have experience on the lending and real estate side of things is probably step step number two outside of getting clarity on what their vision is.
0: With all of the noise going on, on what the market's doing, what do you see right now with investors? Like, where do you see them he- not heading, but gearing towards, you know? Is there, is it more Airbnbs because we're in Texas, or do you see I want to get into multifamily. What are you seeing right now? I
1: think it's a pretty broad mix. I will say the overall activity of investors is starting to pick up because of the type of market that we're in right now right. and the opportunity and risk that most investors can take on. They see this as an opportunity to get into it versus, versus maybe first-time homebuyers that are like, oh, but the interest rates are, you know, investors are just looking at as any purchase of a property as a business. And so it's a lot more objective for them Mm -hmm. to look at what the numbers are, cash flow, all of those aspects. Um, So I would say generally speaking, I'm seeing that activity start to ramp up, which is exciting. Um, And then the mix, I would say that I am seeing probably more short-term investors come into the market because they have seen the success of Airbnbs, VRBOs, et cetera, for the past couple of years. And they're like... I want to get on this, right? So do you agree with marry the house and date the Mm rate? Do you agree with that? So I agree with the heart of what people mean when they say that. I understand what they're trying to say. Mm -hmm. But it all comes down to monthly payment and affordability. And whether you're a first-time homebuyer or an investor, really digging back into the numbers of what is my monthly payment goals and what kind of house can I buy – given those monthly payment goals. Rate aside, of course, there's opportunity for refinance in the future. Right. We just don't have exact timing on when it's going to be. So the biggest kind of disclaimer that I have with that statement is don't count on a refinance coming immediately and make a purchase based off of a possible refinance.
0: Within a year. Right. I'm such a risk taker that I totally agree with that statement yeah I'm huge on it I definitely 100% and I've seen that the broke agent um two guys they mentioned you know date the rape marry the house and they were like that is ridiculous don't listen to that but I want to ask those guys how much real estate do you guys own? Because I agree with that. And I'm such a risk taker that I'm all about it. Because if I'm able to find the right investment and the right property, I'll deal with the rate later. Correct. You know, if I can afford to pay for it or if the property pays for it
1: itself, then why not? Correct. And that's why I think that uptick of investors are starting to see, right now I have more room for negotiation Mm -hmm. on any given property than I have in the past couple of years.
0: Right. Forget I mean we were seeing over asking
1: at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Yes. And interest rates have doubled, but you can possibly walk into a home getting a twenty, thirty thousand dollar discount, which is not something that's existed even at the beginning of the year. For sure. As far as Airbnbs,
0: as a lender, what are some, uh, if you could give these investors that come to you and say, oh, I'm going to buy five Airbnbs, what do you say to them? Are you turned off? Are you, as a lender, or do you say, and when I mean turned off, do you tell them, okay, we need to be conservative, maybe start with one or two, you can't buy five right away?
1: What does that process look like? I think if they are working alongside somebody who's really competent on the real estate side of things the risk could be a moot point because they have that guide that's really helping them through that process Mm -hmm. however somebody comes to me and says i want to do a fix and flip my first go around it's like you've never
0: (laughs) go partner with someone please. you've never
1: done this before and some of them have even not been some of these people have never even purchased an owner occupied home and they want to go into fix and flipping and I'm oh like Oh my god. Buy a home for yourself first. Like and that's probably my biggest piece of advice is if you want to get into investing but haven't even bought your own home, that's a problem. Start there. Right. Get that under your belt first and then diversify because there's so many paths. Mhm up to investing i mean there's so many you can you can buy a home as owner occupied live in it for one to two years flip it and build a portfolio that way and then you're only ever uh, saving up minimum down payment between purchases
0: that is the best advice that i've heard because that's exactly what i did for my husband and i every home that we bought we lived in for two years and then we sold it and then we upgraded and then we sold it and we're still doing that and until this day. Mm-hmm. We're still doing that same thing and it is amazing for so many reasons.
1: Yeah. Which we're
0: gonna be discussing at our event. That I'm so excited about. Are you ready for it? I'm so excited. Yes. You know, we only have three tickets left. I know. That's so crazy. So when we started this event, I was so nervous about what it was going to look like and everything. I love throwing parties and I'm sort of known for that. But it's different with this because it's something that is so personal to me. Yeah. And that I just want everyone in the room to come in and learn about what empower her is. And what it's really about is educating women on how to build, you know, that generational wealth. Right. And what does that look like? And what do you, what's step one? Because I feel like everyone talks about steps nine through 10, but no one's talking about step one and two.
1: Yeah. From the very base level, right? Like very going in super, super green and building up that level of knowledge and education so that you can diversify as you grow i think it's phenomenal timing in the market to obviously host an event like this but i think it's really special because there's only 30 percent of real estate investors that are female
0: wow we need more we definitely need more we're smart Yes, we we're are. We're badasses.
1: <laughs> yes, and we are. We should are. be collecting properties like these men do. Right. So I think it's extra special for that reason.
0: I did not realize you are a dancer. Yeah. How old is your baby? I 16. Well, not a baby anymore. He's not. He's he not. or she?
1: Boy. Boy. Two boys. Oh, my God. I know. How tall are they? Well, so my oldest, uh, Eli, is about an inch shorter than me, and he just keeps reminding me that my day is coming, and he's going. Wow! Well, so
0: the reason I ask is because my son is twelve, but he's my height, and it went from me going like this when I was mad at him to now it's like this. <laughs> it's
1: and then there all your point. Where yes, it's and this. it's so weird for yeah. me to
0: argue with someone eye level, you know, mm-hmm. that's twelve. And I ask how tall they are because I feel like he's just growing by the minute.
1: Yes. You well, know? and we have really tall genes. In my lineage, so like they're gonna out. Oh, my
0: husband's six, too.
1: Oh, then you there know. you go. So, yeah, for sure. they're gonna be giants. We didn't even talk
0: about working mom
1: life. What has that been like for you? Oh, gosh. You know, I think there is a fallacy in work life balance. Mm-hmm. And people think it's a space that you arrive to. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you have the perfect work life balance. You finally got it. Doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And I think it's such a failure to set women up for success like that you know mm-hmm. i some days i give 90 percent to my kids mm-hmm. and other days i don't give anything to them mm-hmm. and they know that
0: and, and that's so brave me. and so i mean i don't even know the words to the, say how to describe how i feel like for me to hear you say that like i respect you so much just for saying that because I feel like we're so hard on ourselves sometimes like oh I didn't spend five minutes with my kids or today I was only with them for 10 minutes and it's like stop timing it no you know it's not about timing it
1: no it's just about finding those moments and being really intentional with them and looking for opportunity to create them too to be fair so I mean there are days where my little one Liam he'll be asleep already and I'll still be at my laptop mm-hmm. knocking stuff out. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even get to say goodnight to him. And right. I'll go upstairs and I'll lay with him and he'll never know that I'll lay with him. But you know. But I know. And I'm like, you know, and I have to give myself grace because for sure I am creating lifelong wealth for my children and it begins today. And it is important for you to create those moments and find them. But it's also so important as a woman to also maintain your own identity outside of being a mom.
0: Right. Definitely. And to educate them, right. To yes. let them know that mom works and mom is busy and she is doing this for them. I had at a very early age when my phone would ring, I would tell them, okay, mom's phone's ringing. It's money calling, Shh. you know, <laughs> and people would laugh at that. Like, why do you say that to them? And It's to get them to understand that if I am using that phone, it's to work. I'm not using it to laugh and talk to my friends about, you know, that's not pulling me away from them. And not that work is, but they need to understand that if I'm taking that call, it's for a reason. You know, it's our business. And when I say our, I include them in that. Right. And so now, even when their friends are in the car and if my phone rings, I mean, my son's like, shh. It's my mom's client. You need to be quiet. Money's calling. Money's calling. They always (laughs) say that now, which is funny because they're older, but they're still saying it. Or if the dogs are barking, same thing. They'll tell the dog, shh, money's calling. And my husband always makes a joke like, who's money? You know, it's the phone. So it's kind of our own little inside joke.
1: Yeah, but I think it's so important that, that these conversations be brought forth, though, because I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you do, what does your work-life balance look like? And you're like, where, what is that? Let me look it up in the dictionary because I don't even know.
0: You just have to, like you said, enjoy the moments, you know, be present. And when I'm with them, I put my phone aside, but if it rings, I mean, I'll answer it. Yeah. I think it's just about whenever you do have those opportunities, take an advantage. And for me, I'm a big planner. Everything goes in the calendar. So mm-hmm. if I have a trip planned with them, I'm with them. If I'm taking off these days with them, I'm with them. So I'm present. And I'm there for them. So I feel like that's very important, too, because I do a million things a day. But I also wake up at 4.30. I
1: was going to say. (laughs) You
0: know, because I can knock 20 things out before they wake up. And then by the time they wake up, okay, it's time for me to make them breakfast Mm -hmm. and pack lunches. And I can focus on that. But I've already done 20 things. Right, right. makes a big difference. It really does. Allison, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being here. Everyone, be sure to follow Allison on Instagram. For all lady listeners, don't forget, go to empowerher.com. That's P-O-W-H-E-R and reserve your seat at our mastermind where you'll get to meet me, Allison, and Glenda Baker and discuss all things about real estate investing. Thank you so much.